0: Scroll down to the description and click on the link or just go to SpanishConSalsa.com slash summer. Hope to see you in the boot camp. Now let's get started with this week's episode. If you're like most language learners, your listening skills are probably one of the most difficult things to develop as you learn the Spanish language. And you may have had trouble finding resources that challenge your listening comprehension skills, but at the same time aren't too difficult for you to keep up with. Now if you've ever tried watching a movie in Spanish without the subtitles on, then you probably already know it can be pretty hard to follow an entire movie, especially if you miss something and you end up completely lost. This is the problem that today's guest set out to solve, and he came up with a pretty innovative solution that you may not have tried before. So if you can already have a basic conversation in Spanish, but you're still struggling to keep up with native speakers, you definitely want to listen to this episode, así que vamos a empezar. Let's get started. Bienvenidos. Welcome to the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast, the show for Spanish learners that love music, travel, and culture. Close your grammar textbooks, shut down the language apps, and open your ears to how Spanish is spoken in the real world. Let us show you how to go from beginner to bilingual. Here is your host, certified language coach, Tamara Marie. Hola, bienvenidos al episodio 109. Welcome to episode 109 of the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast. Now, this episode of the podcast, I'm super excited because I get to interview the founder of a really innovative app that is going to help you finally get to the point where where you can understand native Spanish speakers. Now, I know I've talked about listening comprehension on the podcast before, but if you're at the intermediate level, and you already can sort of uh, dominate a pretty basic conversation in Spanish, but you you tend to get lost when you hear native speakers, whether uh, it's when native speakers are talking to each other, or if they're talking about a context that you may not be familiar with, or maybe they just have an accent that you're not used to, They use some words that kind of throw you off. So maybe you really just want to improve your ability to have conversations with native speakers from all over Latin America. Now, as you know, I always recommend you start out with a specific type of Spanish and then expand from there. But in any case, you're going to have to get to a point where, you know, you're not dependent upon subtitles. In order to understand a movie or to have a conversation, because in real life, um, you're going to have to be able to respond on the fly. So with that, I'd like to introduce my guest for this episode. His name is Daniel Reynaud. He is a linguist, a techie, an adventurer, and entrepreneur. He spent years traveling the world as a musician, living in different countries, and learning languages along the way. In 2016, Daniel picked up everything to move from the San Francisco Bay Area to Medellin, Colombia he soon found that having conversations with the locals in Spanish beyond just basic interactions was a challenge for him. So, drawing upon his experience with language learning and the tech world, he began to experiment with the idea of creating a solution for intermediate Spanish learners to help them break through the plateau of just having basic conversations to really achieving fluency. The result of that quest is the app Lupa, and this is an innovative solution that provides ear training to help you get to the advanced level of listening comprehension. So, this is not for beginners. You have to already have a sort of a basic command of the language before you attempt uh, to try this out. Uh, in our interview, we talk about how he founded his company, Jive World. The lessons he learned from over 30 years of learning languages, and how he connected with the team at Radio Ambulante to develop the Lupa app. And if you're not familiar with Radio Ambulante, it is a podcast which I believe literally just means "wandering radio." <laughs> so it's this idea of telling stories from throughout Latin America. But we'll we'll get more into that uh, as we get into the conversation with Daniel. Now, Daniel was generous enough to offer the listeners of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast an exclusive discount if you want to try out the Lupa app. So make sure you stick around to the end of the episode and I'll give you all of those details. Uh, But I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation with Daniel. He gives a lot of insight. Um, He has lived all over the world, even in Asia, different countries. So he has a really interesting and dynamic perspective on language learning. And I think you'll get a lot out of our conversation. So with that, let's get started with my conversation with Daniel hola daniel bienvenido welcome to the learn spanish con salsa podcast hi tamara
1: lovely to be here
0: so daniel i'm really excited to to talk to you we had a chance to chat before uh, but for the audience that may not know you can you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do well
1: let's see so i'm a brit living in Austin, Texas. I spent many years in in the Bay Area in San Francisco in the world of technology. So I'm a technology guy, entrepreneur, uh, originally a software programmer, Um, but I spent a lot of time living in other countries. I'm also an inveterate linguist and language learner and uh, a bunch of other things, but uh, at the moment I would say I'm an entrepreneur.
0: So you've traveled quite a bit, you've lived in a a bunch of different places, so I would assume that that sort of of started your interest in in language learning, is that correct?
1: Yes, I had to learn languages reluctantly when I was a school kid, and I started with French, and then Latin, and then German, and I had no particular sort of interest in talent for languages, until I actually did my sort of first trip, I I think it would have been to France uh, to stay with, a did a, like a, a host exchange. So when I was still, still at school, um, I hosted someone for a couple of weeks and then I went um, over to Anjou in France. And then it all seemed to make sense, uh, both the language and the reason for learning languages. And so it was kind of, from there I, uh, I was kind of hooked and the same thing happened when I went to Germany and then Later on, I was always had a, a travel bug, uh, an image to sort of just take off and go somewhere. And if you want to meet the locals and really experience something, of what it's like to be in a place, then you really need language. You can't expect everyone uh, to speak your own language.
0: What got you interested in learning Spanish in particular? Was it your move to Colombia? Or was there something else about the language that got you interested in learning it?
1: It was definitely my move to Colombia. Um, every so often I'll, I'll just get an itch to have a go at a new language, and I think I'd spent a, a little bit of time going through some of the Gimsler Spanish courses maybe about 10, 15 years ago, but I didn't really have any reason or occasion to use, use Spanish until like 2016, when I left uh, the San Francisco Bay Area and uh, packed up everything, sold everything, and went to Medellin in Colombia and, uh, to live there. And before that I'd spent about a year or a year and a half uh, in my own time, generally on my commute to and from work, uh, uh, learning Spanish. And uh, that was, that was really where when I started taking it seriously.
0: What are the different strategies that you've learned through just kind of traveling and, and also Uh, being exposed to different languages because I know a lot of folks listen to this podcast they might just be trying to learn Spanish as like their first foreign language and to hear um you know oh I've also learned French of these other languages they may feel um you know like wow okay I wish I could do something like that but I'm I'm just trying to get this one down right so what is it that you know you've learned in that process of traveling and and sort of looking for different strategies because I'm sure as um you've you probably have done just like I have, you know, when, when you want to learn a language, there's all these resources, you Google stuff, and you try to download apps, and you're looking for sort of like that magic, like, uh, you know, magic pill to fluency, right? Um, so what have you learned sort of in that experience that you, you've been able to apply to Spanish and just, just other languages as you've kind of gone along and, and, you know, found yourself interested in different languages and cultures?
1: My approach to language learning has, has changed a lot over, what is it, 30 years. I used to treat it very much as a kind of a technical exercise. You had these list of, you know, words you had to learn, so vocab, so you had your flashcards and uh, you had your grammar rules and then you just like learn all the grammar and you practice that and then you plug all the words to the grammar and then you've got language. That, that, that works okay up to a, a point, like when you're going from a beginner level, it's I think it's it's possible to just to sort of brute force your way through vocabulary and grammar rules, and you get your feeling. You 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 have this sort of like capability of expressing many different things. But when you actually try and use the language in real life, it's a different part of the, the brain works in a different way. I mean, this is not the way we we learn our first languages, our native our native tongues. And um, what I found, and I think what a lot of other people find is that they, you kind of hit a, a roadblock and you can't really get much further than maybe a conversational capability with that, that approach. So, I've tried all sorts of other things. I mean, just like diving into every single aspect, sort of doing language exchanges. And I, for Spanish, I mean, after I spent many years studying languages which were much further away from my own like native English, uh, Japanese and Chinese and Korean. And I, I figured that sort of coming back to uh, a romance language, something much closer to English, I was going to have an easy time. And so, you know, I, I dove into that. I spent, I, d- I do quite like the Pimsleur approach for, you know, the beginning of this now. I find it kind of programs the brain and, you know, with the right patterns and, and certain sounds. But even so, when when you're actually on the street and you're trying to, have real conversations with people. Not everyone speaks in the way that you hear on the um, audio tapes or the that you hear from the teacher in the classroom. And so that's really when I sort of started thinking much more about the sound of language and how the ears can get attuned to the, the natural sound of speech. Um, so that that was really. The, the, the genesis of, of what I've been doing for the last three years with Jive World and uh, the loop
0: back. Can you tell us just a little bit about how you got started with Jive World? Because I think, sort of, what you mentioned, I, I think a lot of listeners can also relate to is this idea that, you know, people think that Spanish is an easy language to learn because there are so many cognates and words borrowed and, and there's so many romance languages that, that are similar. You can borrow that from and use that experience with. But I think we find that when you go to talk to real people, like everyone doesn't, you know, talk in this like really formal business way or this academic way that you may have learned in school. So you get sort of a shock to your system when you go out into the real world uh, and you start talking to people. And I think that uh, you're right. There is this plateau that you reach when You've got like sort of the basics down, like you've taken a couple classes, or maybe you've, you know, gotten up to a certain level on, on an app or something like that that you download. Uh, that in order to really push past that sort of uh, plateau, you really need to switch up your approach. Uh, the thing that works when you're a beginner doesn't work when you've already got to sort of like a really basic conversational level. So, so tell us a little bit about you know how you came up with the the concept for for Jive World and how. Um, how you got started with your company?
1: Sure, there were a number of situations I, I, I was in where I wanted to do more than just like communicate a message. The, the sort of language you can like learn from the sort of beginner books and audio courses. But as soon as you step away from those kind of like specific rails, you're into a, a different world, I and mean, it it doesn't look the same. It's it's not just a different version of the. Things that you've learned before. It's a, it's a, it's a broader universe. Um, it has social aspects and also when you're, when you're speaking with people naturally certainly if they're not used to travelling or speaking to uh, foreigners, they don't even know how to change their speech in, in a way that's easy for you to understand. So a lot of the, uh, the people I was Hanging out with, I'm a jazz musician, and I was hanging out with jazz musicians in Medellin. It was really, really difficult just to connect with them on a personal level. You know, so what I, I did, what a lot of people do, which is you start like watching Netflix, like Spanish shows on on TV, uh, you know, with the subtitles, and using that as an opportunity to sort of get your ears used to. Natural sounds, but it, it wasn't really working for me. And the reason I figured was because, like, once you have the subtitles on, whether it's the English translation or whether it's the native script, the, the, the Spanish, you're actually reading more than listening. You, right. you, you think you're listening because you know you, you can hear the sounds, but really the comprehension is coming through the eyes and into the brain, and that's a completely different, me- different mechanism. However, if you turn off everything, then it's, it's too difficult to understand. Um, so there was this problem that you're, you're kind of like uh, in trouble if you do and you're in trouble if you don't. Um, so I, I kind of sat down with this, this, this problem um, of how, how can you work with authentic spoken content uh, with a, enough assistance that still keeps your ears engaged? So you're using your ears and not your eyes in order to connect to the content. But what, one of the ideas that I, I came up with, which I was original as far as I've, I've never seen it anywhere else, is the the idea of partial redaction of a script. So what if instead of seeing all the words, um, you can just see some of the words, and so your ears can fill in the gaps. Also, a lot of the time you you're listening to something, especially if it's a longer piece, a story or something like that, you can sometimes, your, your context may be completely wrong. So you may start talking about something, you know, let's say a, a, a trip or a travel or a person or something like that. And then the conversation has like moved and taken a, a, a right turn or a left turn and it's now talking about something else but you're still trying to interpret things in terms of what you thought the conversation was about. So the idea of having hints to show you like where you are in, at a very, very high level in the conversation so you can start uh, you know, the, the words you do understand the, the conversation you do understand into it. And from that, uh, basically I came up with a list of maybe 10 or a dozen different ways in which you could help Yourself, or you could help someone listen to native spoken content without showing you all the words. And then from there, it was a, a, sort of a year, or a year and a half effort to to take those ideas and then create a user experience around it. And that's what became the Jivebook method, and that's then became our first uh, our first actual product. Which is Lupa for, uh, for Spanish, which we built in partnership with Radio Ambulante, which is this wonderful podcast. They do the kind of podcast journalism that you normally find with This American Life or Radio Lab, but they do it in Spanish in Latin America. And so you're hearing these really interesting stories, all these different accents, all these different subjects. It's wonderful, like diverse material to work with. And then we put the Jiborg method around that, uh, which gives you all these different types of assistance that you can switch on and off as according to what you need. And it helps you at your non-fluent level, then follow the story and connect and learn the vocab, learn the vocab in context, but also get your ears really tuned to the sounds where you're reaching reaching for meaning from what you're hearing spoken.
0: You know, and it's, it's interesting uh, that you, mentioned the podcast Radio Ambulante and the way you described it as sort of like a, the Latin American version of This American Life, because anyone that's maybe familiar with more of like NPR style podcasts uh, where they tell stories uh, may be used to the sort of more scripted sort of show. And I think the thing that Radio Ambulante does, and I remember I was listening to, to them before they even um, partnered and became a part of NPR, that... Um, the thing I like about it, you know, you talked about authentic content, and I think that people sometimes mistake that for just, oh, there's a native speaker talking, right? But, you know, listening to the news or listening to uh, even a Spanish course that has native speakers is not the same as hearing native speakers talking in more of a conversational tone or telling their own stories uh, or even talking to each other, right? Because I find that even, I know when I started, uh, started learning Spanish and I would like have these conversations with tutors, I would go, OK, you know, I kind of I can talk to them, I can hold a conversation. But then I realized that they were talking to me differently than they would talk to, you know, maybe like their friends or other Spanish speakers because they're tailoring the language to you because they're teachers and they're trained to do that. So you don't really get a sense of how Spanish speakers talk when they're just, you know, speaking, you know, from the heart or, or telling a story. And I thing I love about Radio Ambulante is that they, you hear people telling their, their own stories in their own words um, and like you mentioned, you do get that exposure to different um, different accents. So people from different countries are telling all these really interesting stories and you get to hear people just talking like how they would talk. So you hear those things like when someone's thinking and they're trying to come up with what they're going to say next, like all those little cues that you really don't get uh, in a course or if you're watching something more polished like a news broadcast. So uh, I really do like Radio Ambalante for for those reasons. And I'm wondering, how did that how did that partnership come about with, uh, with Jive World? and what I do on like how did you all get together and come up with um, with the concept of the ab Lupa?
1: I got very very lucky in in the sense that my co-founder of Jive World uh, Joseph he was visiting me we wanted to just build something like try out this method not even as a product that we were going to release and sell but something that we could use ourselves and really understand the mechanics of it and how it works and so we started like just looking around for what would be good material to use and um, the kind of podcasting that Radio Amalante does they're pretty much the only ones doing that kind of like long-form narrative journalism and so it was from the start it was a it was a natural source of content for us to 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 work with and this was just sort of in, in for internal use and to share with friends um, it just happened that uh, someone I knew in Medellin happened to have shared, I believe they shared an apartment together or something when they were students with uh, Carolino Guerrero, who's the CEO of uh, Radio Aguante. And so um, when I spoke to him, he said, Oh, yeah, I, um, I actually know these guys. So, uh, you know, I know them pretty well. So I asked for an intro. And a couple of months later, I was traveling in the United States. And I went through New York, where they're based, uh, Carolina and Danielle, and I had a warm introduction and I knocked on their door. And uh, when I showed Carolina this thing, and, and she, she got very excited about it. And um, I mean, one, one of the wonderful things of working with Radio Ambulante is that, that they have kind of innovation in their bones. So rather than saying, you yeah, know, no, that's not what we do, that's not our, that's not our area, they're always looking for new approaches to fulfill their mission, which is to sort of bring the real Latin uh, Latin America to the, to the world. And uh, so immediately they, uh, Carolina, first of all she's sort of brought in Daniela Ararcon, who's the, the, the host of Radio Ambulante, they, they, they founded this uh, together and uh, they both got very excited. And from then it was just a, a matter of putting together the agreement and uh, building the app, which took a long, long time, and producing and adapting their content so that it actually plays within the app, which is also, you know, quite a much more work than we had expected and that anyone, I think, really can imagine, uh, sort of taking audio content and making it work, with, with all the, the addition, not just the additional content, but the sort of karaoke style of where you can see the words match up with the audio and various other things. And so from the point I met them, it was about a year and a half until we were able to actually launch this live. And uh, that was uh, September 2019, so a little, uh, a little less than a year and a half ago.
0: So it does sound like you were really lucky. I mean, how often do you get to know, uh, have a friend that knows the founder <laughs> of one of the best podcasts? <laughs> so that that is a, a real struggle of luck there. So how did you come up with the name Lupa? Does that have any special significance for you guys?
1: We spent a lot, a lot of time thinking about the name of this this product. The, the, the product is so connected in character to the content inside the Radio Ambulante um, podcast, and also their new podcast El law which they've they launched recently. We've got some stories from that as well in there. Um, and we're producing new content every week. Uh, so I, I essentially I, I gave them a bunch of ideas, and they didn't like any of them but they had some of their own, and then it was a matter of figuring out, okay, what can we use that's not already out there? So lupa means magnifying glass, and the, the, the concept here was, well, one, wanted something that was easy to say and easy to remember, and this is was just a sort of a way of getting closer and examining what this what this language is. So, you know, with this uh, sort of the Jaguar method, being able to really focus in on the sounds of the language and learn everything, have uh, all the sort of vocab laid out for you, all the what we call tricky bits, things which are difficult for your ear to comprehend, other language notes. Uh, So that was the sort of origin of the Lupiné.
0: So I do have a question for you because we've, we've been talking a lot about, you know, learning with authentic content and the way that you all have um, come up with this method to use the audio. But for for folks that aren't familiar and may not have have seen the app yet, and I hope you definitely do by the time uh, we end this episode, I'll give you some information about how you can download it and get started, uh, test it out for yourself. But, you know, there's there's been a lot of... Um, you know talk about well, how do you improve your listening comprehension right that's that's one of the main problems that i think spanish learners come across is they go okay i, I know some vocabulary i've learned some verbs i can speak fairly decently well. But when someone starts talking to me, I get completely lost. I can't follow the conversation. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, even if you kind of understand the context in the beginning, if someone changes the context or changes the subject, you might miss it and keep like nodding your head, right? Like and saying, see, because you you kind of think you know what's going on, but you've missed something really critical. So you've talked a little bit about the method and some of the ideas that you that you all developed when coming up with the app. Uh, and working with the content with Radio ambulante but what what is it that makes the jive world method different like what what sets it apart from someone just saying well I could just go to YouTube and find a video or I could just sit down with the transcript and and read along um, and I'll be fine like what what is it that you all do uh, at Jive world that really offers an advantage just sort of any other method for improving listening comprehension there are a number of
1: things that just, weren't working for me, myself, as a, as a learner. One of the issues was like this, you either had too much information, like written information in front of you, or you had nothing, like not not, not enough. And so the idea of being able to vary how much, how, how much of the script is visible to you, depending on your level, and also the inherent complexity or difficulty of, of the end content, because not all native spoken Spanish is equally, Difficult. Some people speak faster, they speak uh, with um, maybe stronger accents, they don't pronounce all the, all the vowels or consonants, and, um, or they may use a lot of slang. Uh, other people they speak much closer to what you might have heard in the classroom. And the, the ability to be able to add in extra support so you get only what you need in order to connect with the, with, with the um, actual spoken material. But no more than that. So your ears always have work to do. So always, I, I think of it a little bit like you know when you, if you're doing exercise, you, know, you want to, you, you want to make it challenging, but you don't want to make it impossible. And being able to have different gradations of, of help, which makes you find your level, means that your ears can be activated and working all the time, but not so overwhelmed that you just can't get anywhere close to to, to, to the content. So that was one thing another thing that's really important for us is that um dealing with vocab so typically on you know some some of these other apps you will tap on a word and it will look up the word in a dictionary for you the, the problem with that is that you lose so much of the, the the context because words are not don't, don't appear in isolation it's is one of the problems with uh, like learning through flashcards, like a, a dependency of that, is that everything is kind of divorced from the context where it originally appears. And you might think that this is a small thing, that you know, well, essentially everything's in the dictionary. But when you're working with authentic content, you find that the the way that language is used is very, very context dependent. One of one of the stories uh, that, that that we have on the. Um, I believe it's called El Superhéroe, uh, which is about this guy in Argentina who decided to start dressing up as a superhero and patrolling on his uh, scooter at night to help people in the local, uh, the local neighbourhood, um, and uh, sort of fighting crime. Um, it's a true story, so you know, we're hearing from this guy. He called himself Mingano. and <laughs> I remember um, that one. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a it's a really great story. So one one of my favourites, and it's hilarious. And he he became super famous, and then like the media destroyed him and brought him down. And then, but there, there there was one sentence in there where he used the word uh, the, the verb tirar in, in multiple different ways. It was like to pull, it was to shoot, it was to cover, and it was the, the same verb used uh, three times in in the space of one sentence, but with completely different meanings. And not all of them would come from the dictionary, they sort of came from context. So something that we, we spend a lot of effort actually, not just taking words and translating them, but taking what we call chunks, so uh, words that are connected with each other, and providing that as, okay. And that makes all the difference when you're working with this, with this type of context, is that you, you're not just trying to think of this, this verb or this noun in the abstract you've actually got a, a sentence and you've got a setting for it where you can actually understand how it's been used. So I think those those are two things. The, I guess the third thing is we have this study flow where you listen through in a, basically in a study mode where you can um, uncover some of the text, you can look at the vocab, you can slow things down. But after you feel you've become comfortable with a particular chapter and we'll chop things up into like two or three minute chunks so that you could actually concentrate fully but without getting time. But then after you after you've taken that chapter, that sort of two or three minute chunk and, and you've absorbed the words and meaning and everything, to go back and listen to that thing but at the native speed without any of the extra help helps cement this into your into your brain and your ears in a way that um, if you just moved on to the next chapter without like recapping it, um, you, you, you would lose a lot so you, you can get you can get a lot by just sort of reinforcing that we use the analogy is that you know you're it's like you're cycling up a hill in order to uh, like learn all this all this new vocabulary and get uh, your head around this this new story but then when you get to the top you can then cycle downhill you could pre-wheel downhill by re-listening again, once you've already got all the words and all the context and the characters in your head, and that is the point where your sort of like your subconscious is sort of like trained to the the true sounds of the language. You're hearing them at a natural speed. So those, basically, those three things, I think, is the, your control over what you see and the amount of assistance you get, the um, the chunking of the vocabulary, so you can uh, really get things in context and also the study flow which makes it a sort of very natural and manageable way in order to approach these longer stories but uh, break them into chapters and then you get your re-listening which is really where the the sounds of the, the language uh, sort of really bake in.
0: You know there, there are a couple of things you mentioned I think are really important and you know the first one being context and that's something that I'm always really harping on that people like you said you people get these like word lists and they're like oh I just want to learn you know the most frequently used words in Spanish or I'll get some flashcards, which is fine if you're like a complete beginner, and you know absolutely nothing, right? But I think that context is so important, not just because words can just naturally be used in different ways, uh, depending on sort of what's going on and what, what the subject matter is, but also just the variety uh, that's in, of Spanish that's spoken in different countries. There are words that you could use, for example, in, in, in Mexico, that means something completely different if you go to Dominican Republic, right? So the context is not only just sort of the, the immediate context that you're dealing with, but it's also, you know, who's the speaker? What is their background? Where, where are they coming from? How do they use the language? I think all of those things are really important, and I really commend you and your team for taking the time uh, to, to get that right. Because you're right, a lot of apps, like they, they'll just direct you to some API that'll just open up a, you know, oh, here's what this word means. And you get like 20 definitions. And you can spend like a good 20 minutes going down that rabbit hole of trying to figure out which the right context for a word if you just go to the dictionary. Uh, and I think the fact that you guys are doing that uh, thoughtful work of making sure that, you know, the context is right and that the learner really understands what's going on and hearing that from the voice of the native speakers as well, I think is, is critically important. Uh, And also you touched on repetition. Again, that's something else, you know, people, I think, you know, like you mentioned earlier, your Netflix example, there's people who like, oh, I watch, you know, TV shows and Netflix all the time in Spanish, or I watch the news in Spanish, but I still don't understand anything. Or even like listening to the radio, right? Like, which has no transcript and, you know, before the era of podcasting. and, And even now, like if you just turn on live radio. It just kind of goes. And if you miss it, you miss it. You have got no opportunity to rewind. <laughs> and people are like, but I, I just I still don't understand. And I think it's because people aren't doing that repetition. And and having it in those small chunks is, is crucial because it's really difficult, like you mentioned, to listen to a whole half hour story or to watch a whole half hour TV show or, you know, like which a lot of people try to do, try to watch an entire movie, you know, like try to sit through an hour, half or two hours when you don't understand what's going on. Not only, you know, is it ineffective, you're going to zone out, right? Like our brains naturally will hop, Maybe I'm just the only one that's distractible. But <laughs> if I don't understand what's going on, I'm going to zone out and I'll be thinking about what I'm going to eat for dinner. And I'm not paying attention at all because like I don't get what's happening. And I think that those things that people do because someone like they watch some YouTuber that said, oh, I came fluent in Spanish just by watching, you know, Narcos or something. And you're like, how did that happen? It's not working for me it does take a little bit more effort than that so I really do commend you uh, on coming up with a solution that that can really help people and not just trying to put something out there and do it quickly but the fact that you have really given some thought into what works for language learners uh, I think is really important and I hope that um, you know more people kind of understand that you know you do have to put some, some type of intention into your learning. You can't just sort of expect it to all come to you by osmosis. You have to actually kind of be an active participant um, and find the tools that work. And I think uh, Lupa is, a, is a, great, um, a great step forward in that. So I will tell folks how they can uh, get a special discount and also download Lupa as well uh, in a minute. But before I let you go, Daniel, because this is the Spanish Con Salsa podcast, I have to ask you, um, and you're living in Medellin, so I have to ask you, do you have a favorite song in Spanish that uh, our listeners could add to their playlist? Uh, something that you like to listen to?
1: That's a, that's a great question. You know what, you, one of the songs I, I, I'm kind of obsessed with, you, you mentioned this before, you know, the Narcos show, but the, the, the theme tune for Narcos.
0: Oh yes, um, Tujo.
1: Tujo, that's right. Um, oh, it's just, I mean, it's such a beautiful piece of music, but also the, 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 the lyrics are just delicious. I mean, they're, they're a sort of... They're sweet, but they're also kind of sinister, and it just catches so much. I think it's, 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 it's just a wonderful piece of music and, and writing.
0: Yeah, I, I have to agree. I you know, every time you go on Netflix, you have to skip that. You have the skip button, right? So you can skip past the theme song. And I said the one show that I never hit that button is Narcos because I want to hear the theme song every single time. <laughs> so I'm definitely yeah, yeah. in agreement with you on that one. So gracias, Daniel. Uh, thanks for sharing uh, your story with us today and telling us about about Lupa. Muchas gracias, Tamara. You enjoyed that conversation with Daniel. I found it really interesting to hear his story about how he got started, Uh, and it really does show in uh, the app that they've produced at Jive World that they really are committed to language learners. So, this is why I was really glad uh, to have him on the show. And also, um, as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, as promised, you will get a special uh, discount. Uh, if you sign up through uh, our special link uh, that Daniel has provided. He's really offering a generous discount to all listeners of the Learn Spanish Con Salsa podcast. Now you can try out the app for free. Uh, and if you, if you start out with the free version, don't worry. You can always upgrade and get that same discount. You just have to sign up at this link. So that's salsa. So that's Lupa a.app.app slash salsa so that is where you'll sign up to get your generous discount if you want to try out lupa now again as i mentioned before this is not for uh, beginners so if you are a beginner you might want to try a pimsleur to start out with and i will be including the link in the show notes uh, if you want more information about that program uh, that daniel also mentioned that might be great for beginners so just go to learn spanish con salsa.com slash 109 That's LearnSpanishConSalsa.com slash 109 for episode 109 of the podcast. And you'll get links to everything uh, that we talked about. You'll find that link to the Lupa app uh, so you can try it out for free. Uh, you'll also be able to see if you want to sort of test drive it a little bit before uh, you download it. I have an, a review of the Lupa app as well on the website. So just go to the show notes page. And you'll be able to get all of those details. And I'll also include a link uh, with a special discount to Pimsler if you're a beginner. Uh, and that'll really help you get started uh, improving your conversation skills um, if you're just getting started out with Spanish. But um, I personally love the Radio Ambulante podcast. Uh, so the stories are super interesting. They're from all over. Uh, Latin America, you can search by country so that you can find a specific type of Spanish. Like I mentioned at the top of the episode, I always recommend you really try to focus on understanding the accent and dialect from one country before you sort of try to understand everything. It's a much more focused approach, maybe more focused than you're used to and what other people recommend, but I just have found that it works a lot better because you really start to understand the intonation and the particulars of that particular accent. Uh, And then you can sort of expand out to get uh, a little of, more of a basic understanding of others, but I suggest you follow uh, sort of your interest. Uh, there's so many interesting and engaging stories uh, that that are provided by Rero Ambulante that you'll definitely find something uh, that you're interested in. I mean, I, I can't even. There's so many things. Everything from you know gender equality to uh, to uh, there's even a story from Dominican Republic uh, where uh, it was a big controversy about some land uh, and and what was on that land and how valuable it was. So uh, again, there's, there's just so many interesting stories there that you'll find. So I'm pretty sure you'll find something uh, that interests you. So again, try it out. You can check out two stories for free, lupa.app slash salsa. And with that, I hope that something you heard in this episode has helped you go one step closer from Spanish beginner to bilingual. Hasta la próxima. for listening to the Learn Spanish con Salsa podcast at learnspanishconsalsa.com